What's poppin', y'all? Alexa Layton here. And it's about that time of the year again. What time of the year am I talking about? I'm talking about the 12th annual A3C Festival and Conference. And it's going down October 5th through 9th in the beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. So make sure you head over to www.a3cfestival.com to purchase your tickets. A3C Festival. Empowering, inspiring, and educating those that shape the hip-hop culture for 12 years. Yo, internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, CombatJackShow.com. What's up, A King? What's good, brother? Man, we just been running, huh? Nah, stop, bro. This this Saturday, man, we're going to be in Atlanta, right? Yes. ATL, what up? We doing a live show? Combat Jack Show live tour? Yo, man, hit us up on the Instagram, Twitter. You know, the links is out there. Yeah, man. Make sure you, you get in there, man. Get I'm excited, there. man. We got, a, we got a special guest Pioneer. for Atlanta, man. Pioneer in this thing, man. We got, we, got, we got the legendary Ed Lover, man. You know, radio host, um, MTV, one of the first cats to have a small label deal at Def Jam. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Who's the man? All of that, man. man. And now he's doing things. In, what, how many stations is he in right now? He's in Philly. He's in Atlanta. He's in several markets. Several markets. Crazy. It's crazy, man. Like, you know, I'm, we're from a different era, man. But when cats talk about, you know, the institution that is, I mean, that was Hot 97, man. You can't talk about that institution without mentioning that, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was, like, like, he was the first, I think, morning show that had us as a hip-hop nation, at least on the East Coast, locked in. Absolutely. Like, what, 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 what show was before that? Was there a show before him? I don't remember. Um... Ed Lisa and Dre. Hey, yo, what's that say? Uh, Ed Lisa and Dre. And they would start rapping, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. What's up, y'all? Who's in the... Whatever, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know MTV, right? Yeah. MTV yo, was, was, was Miss Cleo on there? Did they have Miss Cleo or they had Mama... Mama Montego. Mama Montego. Yo, I'm excited, Internet. I hope to see y'all when y'all see me, Atlanta, man. You know, just shake hands, man. Let's have a good time. Listen, man, we've been running around all day. We packed a lot of interviews in, man. We saved the best for last. You know, we covered... Who did we cover? We covered old school. We covered um, intel- intelligentsia. And today, man, we got, you know, one, one, one of the kings. Mm. One of the kings from, 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 from that. We, we got an American king uh. in, in the building. That's right. Listen, <laughs> without further ado, Internet, let's welcome to the Combat Jack Show, Mr. Slim Thug. What up with it, man? Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Opening the doors to you know H Town Texan like myself, man. Nah, man, you 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 know who blessed us early in the game and who's a friend of the show, man? Is, is Bun, man? Bun has oh, been on gee. this show like four, four or five times. Yeah, Bun is definitely that makes man. sense, man. Yeah. Bun everywhere first. You yes, know what I'm yo, man, you really slim right now, man. Slim, slim right now. You wasn't man. slim like this <laughs> when you was when you just came out yeah. as Slim Thug. I definitely wasn't back then in '05. That was, that was when we was on the drink. That's right, when we was. There. Dirty Sprite, now, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's a whole nother era, man. Yeah, man. So you, what, what, you running three miles a day, man? Yeah, man. You know, it all started with me having high blood pressure. I started to uh, take note of that and try to, you know, get better. I really tried to keep my dose low, you know right. what I'm saying? So I started working out more running and uh, working out with my homeboy Milton. He got his own little gym or whatever, Hustle Fit. So, you know, I've been working out with them, man, and just trying to get better. That's it. Yeah, how'd you find out you have high blood pressure? 
Oh, shit, man. I think I just randomly go to the, went to the doctor and was getting a checkup, and, you know what I'm saying? And that's what they was like, hey, man. Because it's, it's, my mother has it, though. My, everybody in my family has it pretty much, you know. So it's just in the genetics, I think, man. But, you know, I just want to keep it low. Right. You know, because if I don't and, and I stay going bad, then, you know, I'd be on some pills for real. She Her shit is high. You right. Know? She got to take some pills for real, you know, and I just ain't trying to go up. Now, that pills, I mean, nothing against anybody yeah. that's that's caught up. In the, in the medical system, but right. but you already know, man, the best pills you could take is your diet and your exercise, man. Right, exactly. You know? So I'm trying to, you know, just maintain and, you know, keep that shit low as possible. You know, I'm, I, I've been doing it since I was 20-something. You know, about 27, 28, been taking a pill right. every day. Yeah, shit real. That's crazy, man. Um, You changed your diet too, man? Yeah, I did, man, to lose weight. You know, I, I, um, I definitely had to do that right now. I just took it way to the next level. I'm on meal preps every day, like, and I'm on this little 30 day fast right now. 30 day fast? Yeah, I'm doing number meal preps. I ain't smoked since uh, July 5th. I ain't drink since July 5th. But you know, this Friday when the album drop, I, I'll be able to smoke again. <laughs> Yo, now, 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 explain to me. I mean, I've heard other interviews, and I never actually heard you really talk about the phenomena of lean. Yeah. Was, was, was you, do you take that, man? Or have nah, you been on I that? I don't drink, drink no more, man. Like I say, it was back in that time. Right. In that era when I was on it, you know, back then or earlier, you know, you know, the 90s or whatever. But lately, you know, I've been stopped sipping drink, man. Right. It's, it's just something that the effect of drink to me, you know, the after effect, it just it gets you in a bad mood. You know, that next day waking up. You got that bad mood and, you know, you getting in tour with folks. And it's just hard for me to work like that. I right. can't hustle good on yeah. that. You know, it worked for some people. Some dudes maintain and be able to do whatever on it. But for me, I just couldn't really get shit done. So, you know what I'm saying? I just had to kick that one to the curb. Now, congratulations on your new album, American American Appreciate King, that. right? Yes, sir. American King. And this is your eighth? Yeah, I guess this so. This is your I, eighth I album. <laughs> your eighth yeah. album. Right, yeah. How do you stay so focused this long in the game on yeah. recording music still? The music industry has changed. Right. The business has changed. The grind has changed. Yeah. You've changed. Right. I mean, I don't I don't really, you know, uh, ride waves and nothing, you know what I'm saying? I don't really want to sound like what's going on today. You know, I will never try to like, oh, man, this is the hot artist. Let me get a verse from him. Uh, you know, him on the hook. I kind of just stick to what I do and keep doing what I've been doing, man, and just try to keep my own lane, you know. That way when I let change and I let play out, I still be there doing my thing, you know what I'm saying? That's that's my formula, you know, rather. I like sticking to the people I've been working with and keeping that, that, uh, that Texas trill sound, you know. That's what I want to keep alive versus, you know, sounding like what's going on today or whatever, you know what I'm which, saying? Which is kind of crazy because what's going on today has either been directly or indirectly influenced right. by Houston. You <laughs> right. know what I'm saying? By, I mean, just even the elements that that boy Drizzy Drake yep. took from Houston, brought it to Toronto, spread it around the world, and then now you're seeing the spinoffs. It might not necessarily be that trill, but it's still the babies and, right. the, and the descendants of that, man. Exactly. It's a whole lot of uh, Houston influence in today's rap, you know, uh, all around. You know what I'm saying? I, and I don't even think... A lot of people are even aware that it comes from Houston, you know, just because they being youngsters, you know, right. and they they wasn't around the eras when we was really talking about it. Like when DJ Screw was talking about mm. it back in the early 90s and everybody in the screwed up clique was talking about drinking, 
you know, the white cups and everything. I think they think uh, Atlanta might have started, you know, mm. some people, some of the youngsters. But at the end of the day, man, really, you know, uh, that shit come from Houston, man. It was just like Houston culture heavy in the 90s, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, man, because, you know, I come from the 80s and the 90s era right. when, when, when New York was dominant. Yeah. And, and you know, we us being the first, I remember how that felt. But, you know, about about 12 years ago, it was like 2004, 2004, 2004 2005, uh, my boy was your attorney, James McMillan. James and he, McMillan. Was, he was telling me yeah. about how big he was going to be. And, you know, I got to credit James because when I hired James in the late 90s, I mean, we was representing DMX. Yeah. You know we, we had our hands in the bad boy shit. And James was like, yo, the South, because James had gone to school out in Texas. Right. He, he was from Ohio. Yeah. And he went to school and he yeah. was like, yo. You got to fuck with the South. We got to fuck with the South. I was like, eh, whatever. The South, they never going to, you know, I'm going to be honest. It's like, right. I can't see it. <laughs> so then he did the deal. He did the MJG, A-Ball MJG deal. MG, right. MJG with, with, um, with Bad, Bad Boy. Boy. Yeah. But I remember I was at MTV in 2004 and Houston was sucked the air out of the end. Y'all had yeah. the whole thing on lock yeah it went crazy it was it was real crazy in, in around 2004 and and what's crazy is it never was accepted like you know it always been uh like a you know a, a houston coat thing that went and it was hard for us to break out of houston because we were so different we was listening if we if it wasn't chopped and screwed we didn't even want to hear it you know right. what i'm saying this whole city everything had to be chopped and screwed so uh Basically everything I did, and from before then, you know, 2004, from '98 when I first started to then, was chopped and screwed. So right. if you wasn't a fan of that, you never even heard none of my mixtapes or nothing I was doing. It wasn't we wasn't really putting out normal, you know, regular speed CDs at all. You know, maybe a few independent projects later on in, in 2000, but before that, it was all chopped and screwed. You know what I'm saying? Now, was that going hand in hand with the lean? Was that was that what it I was, mean, man? I, you, you didn't. It was it was the chopped and screw movement was bigger than lean, right? You know, it was it was it didn't crossed over. You mm -hmm. know, you got white kids listening to that. You know, and it, it was just heavy, man. You had to really beat in Houston, being in Houston to understand it. We was it was so profitable too. You know, um, being in Swisher Highs. You know, first DJ Screw originated. That, right. that was early nineties, yes. like ninety two, ninety three. They started doing that, and then you know he. It was just like screwed up click ran the whole texas like it wasn't nothing but them you know if it wasn't that then it wasn't shit you know i mean you know little kiki could uh pack out events more than you know i don't care who the hottest artist was right if he did a show his show would be more packed than whoever it was you know y'all was talking about out here that was in town at the time or whatever you know it just that following was just like a coat following and, um, you know, eventually, Swisher Highs, we opened the doors on our end on the north side. We the opposite side. I'm mm -hmm. the north side, right. the south side. Right. We, it was a lot of beef, you know, back then. Y'all had different flags. Y'all wore the red and the blue, right? It was right? red and blue. It wasn't, it wasn't like Crips and it, Bloods, No, but it was, though. right. It was south side did red and uh, north side. We just, we we uh did blue. And um it was braids and fades. You know, the north side dudes wore the braids. And the south side dudes was, was the low cut fades. It was like kind of, the south side was the more players mm -hmm. and we was the thugs right. you know what i'm saying he was known as being jackers robbers uh you know uh more street dudes you know what i'm saying in that type of way and um so y'all really didn't get along or y'all just didn't. it was like it was really through screw tapes kind of and uh well re really this is how it all started it was some guys 
from the north side, you know, who used to go out and rob the south side cats, you know uh, what I'm saying, for their cars and so, shit. On your, on your team? Nah, they wasn't on our team, <laughs> I mean, actually. but I'm saying from, <laughs> yeah, your, from, side, north side. from your side. So right. it's like, but at the same time, that's just what, that's what they did. They robbed people on the north side, too, you right. know what I'm saying? So they took it as, man, them north side niggas be robbing and jacking and stealing. You know, so they'll begin to talk about that, fuck the north side on their tapes, you know what I'm saying? So then we began to get offended. And uh, what I did as a youngster, and I would say, man, hold up, man, we need to do some shit and represent for the north side and have us something we can listen to because it's kind of fucked up. We jamming, they taping, they talking about us, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like I, I used to throw the motherfuckers out the window, like, man, get that shit out of here, Who man. specifically from the south side was getting under your skin, man? Oh, it was all of them, man. They all was, they all was into it, man. It was like, you know, it was just everybody, man, from DJ Screw to, you know, uh, all of the screwed up click members was pretty much on the same thing. Like, it just was a South Side thing. That just was like fucked enough, you right. know. They were so influential, so, you know, that shit definitely spread. But, you know, it was dick riders on the North who would still be listening to it. Right. And that pissed me off as a young, you know. Street nigga, I was like, man, that ain't right, man. Fuck that. I want to represent. It made me want to represent for the right. north side. So um, I came out, and in the beginning, I was on the same shit, like, you know, kind of plexing up with them. You know, uh, when I started working with DJ Michael Weiss, we started doing the freestyles. I remember he'll be editing that shit out, like taking that shit out. Oh, you word? Know? Yeah. But would you I, get mad? I would be pissed. I would be hot, cuss him out, all kind of shit. Like, man, you a hoe ass nigga. You scary motherfucker. Like, Cause we was just ready for, we, you know, we in the streets at that time. But I'm glad he did do that. Cause you know, it probably would have stopped us later on, you know, getting together. Like, did he explain to you the sign? Like, yo, we try, we trying to sell records, man. Right. I mean, yeah, he was saying shit like that, but you know, I'm, <laughs> when, I'm a when young, you're young he right. wasn't trying to hear it. You know, right. I was like, fuck that. They talking about us, man. Fuck them, you know? So, but at the end of the day, I'm glad he kind of did that. You know, eventually me and one of the other uh, screwed up click members, ESG, got together. We did a record called Brazen Phase, and, right. you know, about North and South Side, you know. And, and through that, that really, like, killed the shit, like, for the most part. You know, it began to disappear. You see more South Side artists work with North Side artists, and we kind of bridged that gap. And then we started doing a lot of records together, and... It became all good, and we ain't really had that problem since back then, man. So, you know, it's been good. When, from the outside looking in, man, it looks like Houston, for the most part, is so unified. Right. I mean, it, it is, but it ain't. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and, and, it, and we go through errors where it is and sometimes where it ain't, you know. But as far as north side, south side, it ain't that. It ain't, it ain't, it's unified on that end. You got, you know, dudes from the North and the South still to this day, you know, work together hand in hand, you know, but it's just a lot of people who got egos. It was a lot of, back in the day in the nineties, we had this place called Southwest Wholesale, right? And it was kind of like a independent major label to us, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, and we never really gave a fuck about getting a deal because right. they was right on in Houston and we could go start our own independent record label put our shit out through them they'll even give us you know a hundred thousand or something you know what i'm saying to get our shit off the ground if we had a buzz or whatever but you know we used them and through that we would sell hundreds hundreds of thousands of records man it was just so all about having your own label being independent you know what i'm saying and doing shit like that everybody had their own label from the north side we had rec shop they was a major uh independent label back then of course the rapper lots we had swisher house you know a lot of different labels out of the South, man. And that really just just, just kind of spoiled us, kind of fucked right. our head up because we didn't do the demos and we right. had to, we wouldn't go and knock on major label doors like, hey, give us a deal because we was getting money, you know, 
already. But so. but I think you said it spoil you, but I think coming from New York, all we knew yeah. was getting deals. Right. All exactly. we know, I mean, this is no disrespect to nobody, but all we knew was to be whole ass niggas and getting, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and right. getting taken care of. So, yeah. you know, the whole phenomena was so rare when yeah. we would look at like my, like, like Luke or right. out West. Yeah, with Luke. Ruthless or y'all or, you know, Swisher and and, and, yeah. and all of that. It was like, it was so rare. So I didn't, I don't even think, I wouldn't look at it as y'all being spoiled as much as y'all being ahead of the curve, man. Like I years mean, later, you see that now. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, worldwide, I don't know, from a worldwide standpoint, it made us not give a fuck about right. that. It, it made us not give a fuck about, you know, being the shit everywhere. We was getting money. And in Texas, we could sell a hundred thousand records and right. be millionaires, you know, like that. And through that, we wasn't excited about, hey man, let's go sign a major label deal and right. get exposure everywhere and travel the world and do shit. We was like, fuck it, we gonna, you know, do this shit independent, get this money. And then, you know, when labels was flying us to um, New York and we was just taking the trips, you know, they was talking that two fifty <laughs> shit. We was like, yeah, whatever. That's nice. Fuck. That's cute. That's bullshit. Yo. You know, we ain't with it. You know, <laughs> you know. So that kind of like, especially me, you know, right. I stayed. I rather. St- I was a. I was a hustler. I never was one who, you know, wanted the fame so much, you know, so I kind of stayed in that world and it kept me local for a long time because of that. Yo, tell us about the, the, the CD that changed your life, man. Having things, having things. Oh man. Uh, that, that was the one, right? I don't know about it. That one, you know, it was like, it didn't change my life. It was just, you know, a stepping stone in, in what we was doing. Um, that's one of the independent projects we did. Right. I would say that the, the, the CD that changed my life was, um, I represent this. It's, it was a. It was back in '98. Right. It was an all freestyle, you know. And, and like I say, everything was chopped and screwed. I went from, you know, when I got with Michael Watts, and this is the difference. It was from the screwed up click and Swisher House. Okay, screwed up click. Everybody went got the tapes from Screw House. You know, that, uh, he had a store. You know, it was one hub. You know, mainly where everybody went to get their screw tapes. We would hit the road. And put our CDs and tapes in stores all around Texas. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You know, so this Be, is beyond Houston. So you go to Houston, like like Dallas, Dallas, Austin, all Texas, right. every bit major city. Me and my brother would go to every city and get a phone book and go to each uh, record store in that motherfucker and drop off CDs and tell them call us if if they run out. You know what I'm saying? So we was more on the entrepreneur side, right? Of it, you know what I'm saying? And through that. We'll drop new mixtapes once a month. And, once you know, a month. Like once a month. Like it ain't all freestyles all the time. It might have the new Jada Kiss song, mm-hmm. the new whatever's hot at that time, and then we'll have a couple freestyles on there too to make it exclusive. And we'll drop them once a month. And out of each one, we getting at least, you know, uh we getting at least twenty to thirty plus off of it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Just just selling them like that. So it's like that money was just so real, and then we took it to like real money, like real, real money, fucking it's money. hands-on money. Like it's like <clears throat> trapping, basically. Right. Like you know, we we going and we have the CD burners. We we putting the labels on it. You know, we shipping it to each store, or we driving it out of one of the two. So we everything we we manufacturing, manufacturing, distributing, and everything ourselves. We turning fifty-five cents into fifteen dollars. You know what I'm saying? And that money was so real, but you know, I'm in high school. I remember having eighty thousand in the stash. I got a drop top on swingers in the parking lot. You know, like I'm living. You know, and and it's to the point where I don't want to do nothing. I'm like, what? 
you know, I get a job. Never, I never had a job <laughs> yeah. in my life. I never even filled out an application in my life ever. Yo, I heard, I heard <laughs> firsthand from one of your peoples. Yeah. That even before you got the major deal, your car lineup. Right. What was your car lineup was, before you even heard from New it's, York? It's real crazy. It was real crazy. I was uh the, when the spree wheels dropped. Uh huh. Right when they dropped, I'm talking about ten thousand when they was ten. We two sets. I had one on my Impala, <laughs> one on my Lac. Like Harley's excursion seven uh seven forty fives uh you know the candy slabs everything I had like six seven cars brand new six bedroom house mm. you know everything like you know we was living how old were you I was about twenty at that time God you know damn and and it was just crazy man it ain't it always been crazy though it was just and, and that's when I had dropped the I represent this right that, that's that's the our freestyle I did. So now you go from um, doing the little regular mixtapes with other people's songs on there to doing your out freestyle. Now those you coming out with about eighty to a hundred on one of those when you drop those. So it just kept taking me to the next level. You know I keep doing them, and then I'm doing the regular mixtapes, and then it got to a point where we was me and my brother had found so many stores and was and the avenue was so real that we started feeling like. You know, our artist was coming in slow, dealing with the Swisher highs. Michael Watts, it was that was that was his label, right? You know, and we were selling it to him, and we used to have to give him back some money on that. So we felt like our artist was getting slow. We felt like it was because we started to make more than him. Mm. You know? I don't know if that's true or not, right. you know, but I'm just saying that's how we felt at the time. And so we started uh, trying to sneak behind his back in the office and use the, uh, you know, CD burners and make our own orders. We eventually got caught. You got <laughs> you know, caught? You got caught. How did that turn out, man? We were going, we were going <laughs> to there. We were going to the office. It was a uh, overnight. We were going that motherfucker like from when like 12 o'clock when we know they gone from the office. And then we'll burn out shit. He walked in one night on us. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy, <laughs> man. Called us, you know, so he changed the locks and shit. So then um, we was like, damn, fuck it. But, you know, at that point, I had so much confidence right. in myself. We started our own shit. So now we got Boss Hog Outlaws. That's right. our own shit. You know, and starting out, we went about some American DJs. We don't even know how to chop and screw. You know, we just figuring it out. And, you know, the quality was horrible. You right. Know? But I'm still talking that shit, you know what I'm saying? So Did the quality affect your sales, man, or were the people that was fucking with you actually, still fucking with you? Man? Actually, it... it the sales increased because at first, like I say, he would have stores. Some of the other rappers would have stores. But now that I got my own label, right. I got everybody's stores. Right. You know, so the money wise, never it went even higher because now not only do we have our stores that we sell to, we got they stores too. So we took in, we took over everything. We had our stores everywhere, and that made the money increase. So regardless of it being not as quality. They still, I was still talking that shit. And you have more, you have more outlet, you have more, you yeah. have more means more of this. More, yeah, 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 yeah. Open my own store also. You know, I had a store I opened my own in, in, in Houston. So it's like we wasn't missing no money. It came, it came even more. And then we just eventually started working and getting better on that. And, um, and that shit just, man, just kept growing, man. It just made me not want to deal. You know, it just made me feel like, hey, man, I love what I'm doing. Right. This shit is good. And it wasn't, it was other artists who we would see, you know, who had deals in the city. They weren't living like I was living. Right. You know what I'm saying? They weren't getting it like we was getting it. 
internets. This week's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Everything you could ever need to get your website off the ground is included in your Squarespace website. It's easy to create and maintain. Squarespace even provides beautiful design templates with customizable settings to set your website apart from the rest. From nationally recognized brands to your favorite local shops, Squarespace is trusted by hundreds of thousands of savvy shop owners around the world. Squarespace Commerce lets you expand your business online by giving you the tools to understand every aspect of your business. Best of all, Squarespace's customer care team is an experienced Squarespace user working in a Squarespace office, trained and waiting online to help you. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com and to offer code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, to get 10% off your first purchase. That's squarespace.com, offer code COMBAT to save 10% on your first purchase. Squarespace, set your website apart. And now back to the show. So my question is this, man. You guys are getting it. You really don't have to change the formula. Right. What convinces you All right. to do a deal? Like, how does James, how do you meet James <laughs> McMillan? And how does he convince you, yo, let's get this deal? Before that, before that came, um, Best Buy slapped the shit out of us, basically. What you happened? Know what I'm saying? You know, we independent and we deal with nothing but mom and pop right. stores. Best Buy come through with this nine ninety nine shit. You know what I'm saying? And buying by the bulk and selling CDs for nine ninety nine killed all the mom and pop stores. Uh. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't survive. They couldn't beat that. So we began to lose so many stores everywhere. And you start feeling that bite, man. We start feeling the bite of that, man. And we was like, damn. So we had to uh, kind of adjust. You know, we got in Best Buys. But at the same time, it still wasn't the money we was making. Right. And was know, was what you had to pay them so much more than what you had to pay. Nah, it, it ain't that. It's just that they selling their CDs for nine ninety nine. Right. You know, that's their price. And, and you were selling them for 15 We were selling them for 15 plus wholesale $8. Right. You know? So it was like... So, yeah, so so you was, they, you was charging $15, and they was charging 99 cents? Right, yeah, so that kind of killed not just our store as a mom and pop, but uh, a lot of the stores around the city, around the state, you know what I'm saying, that we were selling to, they just couldn't compete with that. You know, they was kind of going to Best, Best Buy and getting their shit for wholesale at that point. And people eventually stopped going to their stores, so, you know, that kind of affected us big, and, um, after that, uh, I mean, we were still dropping independent albums by that point, too. We was doing the underground shit, and we was doing independent real albums, right. you know, at that point in, in 2000. And um, we were selling 100,000 records. Me and ESG put out some, and, and it was killing, you know. And me and ESG, I mean, me and uh, Lil Kiki put out an album, The Big Unit was cool. And it just kind of felt like after, you know, uh, a few years of that, it just we just kept going in the same circles. We'll do shows and from Houston to uh, Louisiana, out through Texas. It felt like it wasn't no growth in it. You right. know what I'm saying? I mean, you're still making a hundred thousand. We're still making money. We're still good. You know, it's not as great as it was, but it's good. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm still young. I'm like twenty, twenty one, and I want to grow. You know right. what I'm saying? So, uh, at, at some point, um. Um, I met with uh, well, actually, this is what happened. I was dating Latoya Luckett yes. at the time, and and she would had it. She had a deal, and she was in L.A. working, and and I just be in L.A. with her while she in the studio kicking it with her, and she was like, I want to get you on this record or whatever. So I got on a record on one of her records, and uh, 
her manager was like, damn, I didn't even know you rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like no shit. Yeah, that's dope. You don't you know, know I'm a legend yeah, already? Yeah, nah, you know, I, but you know, like I say, you had to be there to understand it. Right. You had to be in Houston to really understand it. Cause if you wouldn't listen to chopped and screwed music, you know, you didn't even know Slim Thug exists, you right. know, for the most part. So I did that. And, um, he was like, Hey man, I want to introduce you to, uh, uh, put a demo together and want to introduce you to um james i think he introduced me to and jaha from uh right. Interscope Geffen. so when my man tells you yeah to put a demo together after all these records yeah. you sold are you looking <laughs> yeah. at him like nigga you crazy i'm not, I'm not tripping you know because i understand that they don't understand right you know i understand so your ego was you your, yeah no nah, i wouldn't i wouldn't like oh you don't know who the fuck i am now nah, i wouldn't you know like that <laughs> it wasn't on none of that you know, I just said, okay, at that time, I already had Three Kings done, right. um, you know, and um, a couple more records, probably like a boss, but on a different beat. Right. And um, I gave it to uh, I gave it to him, and he gave it to either James or Jaha, Jaha right. and made it happen, man. And, and they, you know, they gave me that bag. Shout out mm. Giffen in the scope. You right. know, I was like. So when you get that bag, yeah. you're like, you know what? This is work. Like, were you nervous, though? Like, yo, because. At this point, I haven't even put out a solo project, though. Right. I just put out mixtapes mix and map rapping on the chopping screw shit. Right. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, fuck it. I signed for my solo project. And then through the deal, I told them I want to still be able to do independent shit. So they gave you that freedom to do. Because usually when they you lock in them deals, they lock you in. Right, right. They didn't lock me in. And they pulled in one of my artists, you know. They gave me a sweet deal, man. They gave me a bankroll. So, you know, I was like, okay. And then also, uh, for real came to Houston. And, you know, he was talking to me. And he was like, man, I'm excited about working with you. So it looked good. This before the... Uh, the Houston thing took off. Right, right. Like know. about two or three years before that, right? I would say about a year, maybe right. two. Okay. And it was like, um, it was like, uh, at that point, nobody still out of Houston wouldn't fucking with the Houston right. movement. You right. know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, I had a deal before the Mike Joneses and the Power Walls and the Chameleonaires before all of them, you know. So I'm working on already platinum with Pharrell because that's what Jimmy Iovine do. Right. He gonna put you with the major producer. Exactly. And then, you know, that's his formula. So we working and we doing the already platinum and we into it. And, How was? Uh, let me interrupt you, man. Yeah. Sorry, internet. <laughs> um, how is it now being in the studio it's with different. a studio with a with a with a producer like Pharrell? It's different, man. And but at the same time, my career, all I did was rap over, you know, everybody else beats, right? You know, and nobody's telling you, yeah, say this, say that. Is 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 Pharrell really producing you? Like, nah, Pharrell, it's, Pharrell was producing me. He was, you know, giving me game, and you know, but he didn't, he didn't want to influence me so much. He'll be always sit down with me and talk to me and want to know stories, and and then off of us talking, he would pick up on some slang I might say and say, oh shit, let's do something like that, let's do something about that, you know. So it was real, it was fun. I ain't gonna lie, man. That was probably the best recording process I ever had. Right. You know, to have a real producer sitting here with me, and you know, and we we vibing like that. You know, so I really enjoyed making the already platinum album, probably more than I made anything. You know what I'm saying? It was just a good vibe, and um, and he's introducing you now to yeah. cats. Like, who's All he introducing? Kind of motherfuckers like it's like Jay? Snoop in the next room, right. fucking Justin Timberlake down the way, Keisha Cole before she put anything out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Was in there. It was a, a bunch of motherfuckers. Like, we all in Japan with Nigo. I'm looking at this motherfucker like, what the fuck? Who is this dude? And he got a, a glass garage with 
fucking a snapper toolbox with about a hundred chains in that motherfucker like in Japan. I'm looking at him like, what the fuck? He got a Rolls Royce with the diamond emblem. Um, the woman come up and this, she diamond from Jacob the jeweler. I'm just you like, eating that sushi, man? Was you eating that sushi? Hey, I'm whatever they feed me, <laughs> hey, man. What are you, what is, I'm thinking we the shit, and I'm going out there like, what the fuck? Like, it's, it's like shitting on us over here. This motherfucker is living, like you know, and going his. And that was his house, right. penthouse down the street over the Louis Vuitton store with. You know, Versace lamps and forks and shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the fuck? He living like a motherfucker. Like, he just showing me a whole another side of the world, man. And I was just loving it, man. And just through Pharrell, I met so many motherfuckers, man. And, and it was just a beautiful thing. He, like, hooked me up with Gwen Stefani. You know, he sit me in the studio with her. And, all right, I'll be back. I'm like, damn. So what are you, what are you talking about? With man, Gwen Stefani. Man, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Are you intimidated? Like, I'm intimidated. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, with this motherfucker. But what was so cool, man, she rolled up a J and passed it to me. I said, oh, shit, she's so real. You know what I'm saying? Like, So she made it super comfortable and cool. You know, I ain't gonna lie, man. It was just like, it was just so fast, though. It was so fast for right. me, you know. But and intense, because that's a and, big, right, that's a big shift. Superstars. You hear you go being the whale yeah or at least one of the biggest fish yeah in your pond right and now you were guppy nothing i'm like man what the <laughs> fuck i can't believe i'm around these people like it was just so shocking man and that's what i'm saying like dealing with pharrell is that fast that that shit can happen you know what i'm saying and he introduced me to all the right motherfuckers right. And, and hooking me up with all kind of people so it was like I was definitely excited about the shit. You know, before that, I had my own, before I had a deal, I was driving Bentley and everything. So I'm feeling myself. But when you come into his world, it's just a whole nother world. It right. show you a whole nother level of success. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, it was inspiring, man. I'm in the studio. He got Dre in there listening and shit, you know, and Jimmy Iovine, we all at Jimmy Iovine house watching movies with Dr. Dre. This motherfucker who I, you know, grew up out a lot, who one of the motherfuckers made me want to rap since I was eight years old. You know what I'm saying? So. It took me fast, man. I really, at, at Interscope, they took care of me. I ain't going to lie. They took care of me. I ain't got nothing bad to say about them. So coming up, you learn to be independent. Right. right? Yeah. This next phase of your life, what's the most important lesson you learned fucking with Pharrell? Man, most important lesson I learned fucking with Pharrell, man. Um, that's tough, man. I don't know. I don't know what's the most important thing. He just, basically, he just showed me a whole he just inspired me so much because he showed me a whole nother level of success right and put me in a whole nother world that i wasn't you know familiar with and it made me want to go to the next level and do new shit it made but, you made you realize that the next level was real because here you right. are feeling confined like i'm stuck right and, and all Houston, of a sudden the top is off the top is off no ceiling and and we all in japan like i say man shit i would never expect you know doing the mtv awards you know i'm like what the fuck so, you know, he definitely showed me a whole nother world. And to this day, shit that they showed me back then still inspires me. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but at the same time, you know, uh, I guess the buzz of that, you know, started making motherfuckers be interested in who is Houston. You know, right. what is going on in Houston? Because that's when the shift happened. That's when it happened. That's when it happened. When I got that deal and they seen I was with Pharrell, other labels started saying, oh, shit, let's go get some, you know, Houston. So it was timing. Time. It was timing. Everybody started getting deals. They right. was giving everybody deals after that. So, uh, you know, anybody who was out there doing anything was getting a deal, you know, and they was just 
picking up on it, and we had that record still tipping that was out maybe already a year, a year or two already. Hold up, hold up, hold up. So word is that was your record. Still tipping was your record. Yeah, I mean, like it wasn't. It it was me. It's coming. It come from a freestyle I did. Right. You, I got a, a a freestyle I did over the. Uh, Remember when Master P and uh, Ice Cube did that? Now, which one of y'all freaks want to get down? On yep. that, I'm a whole beat, yep. you know, back in the day. Yeah, I did a freestyle where I said the same verse, even the tipping on four foes, wrapped in four foes, all that come from that, you know, a freestyle I did when I was a teenager. So that was for Michael Watts, really. Watts was like, hey, man, I want to put it on a, a day hell broke loose. It was a, a compilation we did. So I was like, yeah, you know, I still was doing work with Watts. When Watts, by Watts showing me the hustle, I forever told him, hey, man, you showed me the hustle, man. You know, and, I, and without you, I would probably be in the streets right now. You right. know what I'm saying? So whenever me leaving your label, it don't matter. I still, whatever you, whenever you need me, I got you. You know, and that's just that's what dope, it man. is. You know, it's just out for you showing me the game. You know, I'm always, you know, whenever you need me, call me. You know, so he was doing a new project, and I did that for him. It was on a totally different beat, you know what I'm saying, and everything. The beat that we came to learn. Yeah, the one y'all came to learn Ooh. was on a totally different beat. Yeah, it was on a totally so, he, he, uh, I give him credit for, uh, him or T. Ferris, one of the, one of them two, there was two people working together. One of them put it on a different beat and it, it kind of slowed it down too. So my verse was done and they put Mike Jones verse on there. Oh my God. And then Paul Wall is the only one who actually rapped to that beat. Right. The real beat, you know, so, you know, they, that, it was already bubbling in Texas and, and damn near dying out. And then, you know, after the, uh, we got the deals and shit. It just took off, man. I, I had to give credit to Asylum for, uh, you know, just getting behind that motherfucker and taking it, you know, to the top, you know. And through the video, it was so much Houston culture in there, and it was so different than what was going on. Had motherfuckers swinging and banging, and then we had the swing of rims on there that stick out. Had, you know, the thick chicks out there dancing and shit, so... Mm. Through that, it just kind of mesmerized. I say BT Uncut probably made yes. us. I mean, you know even I mean, that, yo, listen. <laughs> were you amazed that a record that you did as a teenager that that right. had already was already dying out? Man, all of like, dude, I bought that. That was my ringtone. <laughs> like seriously, that was my alarm. And whenever it was yeah. time for me to wake up, right? Exactly. That shit was record. so crazy. Man. Yo, yeah. that was a huge record, man. And then it had the little chop the screw type little sound right. to it, you know. So it was all of Houston culture, and um, I think it's probably one of the biggest songs that ever left out of Houston. Huge, you know? still yeah. to this day. To this day, it's a classic. to this day, and it's yeah. funny because I remember at the time I was at MTV. And yeah. Tuma Bassa, you know Tuma? Tuma is my boy to the Tuma Bassa was like, yo, I was in a position, I was a vice president over there. He was like, yo, let's get MT, let's convince MTV to do an MTV Chopped and Screwed wow. CD. And we was going to take songs from like Houston and yeah. chop them, screw them, and put them out right. on MTV. But by the time I had already left and that project died, man. But yeah. that's how influential, like MTV, yeah, we was at MTV trying that's to crazy. take the chopped and screwed stamp, man. That's crazy, man. It just, it just was a wave out of this world. And, and, and at this point, you know, when that took off, I'm like, damn, they're done with already platinum, you know? So I'm right. on some for real shit, you know? Cause like I said, they wasn't really accepting the Houston sound outside of Houston. So by this point, I'm on some superstar for real shit, fucking with him and, you know, doing that. We still had the chopped and screwed shit on there, but, uh, I got bootleg, you know, I got bootleg 
And, and that internet hit, man. That's when that, that that's when that internet game. It knocked me down. You know, it pushed my shit back. I had to go in there. We had to hear up and scramble and do a few new records, you know what I'm saying, for the album. So I had to kind of take a few of those records that would give it that Houston sound off, you know what I'm saying, to complete it and give it something new because everybody pretty much had the album already. So, um a lot of motherfuckers just say, man, we like the bootleg version better than the real app. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's usually like that. It's usually like it's that. It's usually man. like but that, I would, You know, at the end of the day, so when I dropped already platinum, the Houston sound was already took over, and right. that's what they wanted to hear. So, you know, that shit there kind of fucked me up on that, man. You know what I'm saying? But it, at the same time, through still tipping, I still was able to benefit off of everything, you know what I'm saying? And we did the MTV Awards and the BT Awards and, you know, and, and really just kind of traveled the world representing doing that shit. You know, on this project right now, on American King, man, you back to being independent. Right. How's yeah. that feel, man? How's, 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 how's adjusting back to... I mean, well, I've been independent, For man, the past several years. For years. Like, since... The only album I put out on a major label was already platinum. Right. And um, after I already platinum, the whole label changed. My A and R left. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole people who signed me from Giffen, they was gone. It was a whole new staff. So you know how that is. You go back in there and you dealing with a new A and R who ain't signed you. I felt like I felt like I was on a treadmill. I felt right. like I wasn't moving. I would go out there have a meeting and you know I would be like, hey, you know this here, and we all be happy about the shit. And I go home and ain't shit happen. You know right. what I'm saying? And we did that a few times. And and being independent you used to moving when you want to move right you know what i'm saying so i did kind of feel stuck and felt like i wasn't going nowhere and what I does felt that do like to you it just make you uh it made me uncomfortable man it made me feel like man you know what i don't like this i don't want to be stuck i don't want no motherfucker holding me back you know i'm ready to drop this shit now you know i'm ready to do this shit now and i don't blame nobody you know because the new a and r he ain't signed me, and he got to make his first look. He got to keep his job and do his shit. So he probably ain't even understand, you know, what we was doing. He just kind of got me through, you know, the label changing or whatever. So I just kind of wanted to get away from that and just go back to being myself and being able to do what I want to do, how I want to do it, you know. So uh, I talked to him. I say, man, I call a label like, hey, man, I want to get off the label, man. They was like, what? You serious? You want to leave Interscope? You know, get from Interscope? I'm like, yeah, I do, man. Um, I want to get back independent. And, you know, I had owed them some more albums. I said, I'll pay y'all off of my next album if y'all willing to release me or whatever. So we worked out that deal. I so ain't you never gave up paying them. <laughs> oh, so, so they didn't get a direct override? Nah, nah, nah. They, 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 you, want, they, you want us to edit this part, man? Nah, you can put whatever it don't matter. It's cool. <laughs> if they listen, they, they might tripping. just that little accountant in the back <laughs> room and be like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they, you know what? I worked out though, man. I was like, man, I went to, I went independent to E One, and um, dealt with D and M over there, and they was like, they had more of a system that I like, you right. know, where I can move like I want to move, and you know, they they radio geniuses over there or whatever. So we got in, we did Boss of Our Bosses, and um, actually, man, to this day, those records I did on Boss of Our Bosses were probably bigger than anything I ever did at oh, Interscope. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the thugs and the I run and you know all those records like that, man. They they my top songs at my shows. You right. know what I'm saying? So it was a good move for me. You know it made sense and it worked out. You know I ended up making a bunch of money. To this day, boss of our bosses pays my bills. You know wow. all the masters to that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm happy. You know and and I got back to that. Did a few more records independent and we just kept working it like that, man. And to this day, I just love it. I love being independent. It's all direct. I get a check every month straight from the distributor, you know what I'm saying? 
and it's just it, I love doing it, man. It's, it's it's better. I feel like I feel so much comfortable, so much more comfortable, you know, being You're in the driver's seat again, shit. man. And and you learned a lot. What what's the most important thing you yeah. learned from the majors? Man, um, the majors. It has to work for you. They have to understand you as an artist. They have to understand your music. No matter how powerful they are, if they don't understand your music, it ain't going to work. You right. know what I'm saying? It's a lot of motherfuckers over there who successful, like the M&Ms and 50 Cent and all them was killing it. But I didn't think they understood the Houston movement. How like, could they? How could yeah, they? It was right. still so brand new. Right. It was brand new in L.A. And they used to dealing. It was more still underground still. It was more still street then a lot of the, uh, you know, those guys or whatever, like it was still dealt with on an underground level where right. you had to go to the South and, and do a lot of groundwork. Asylum mastered that shit, though. I would give them the credit yes, for that. Yes, yes. They mastered it. They had they had that shit on lock because I would see them work Mike Jones shit and Paul Wall shit, and it was super successful, you know what I'm saying? So they, they had it going right, you know, for the most part. But I don't never I never felt like uh, Giffen Interscope, figured it out i right. don't think they ever figured it out right. so you know yep. i think i made a good move leaving hey yo internets today's episode of the combat jackson was brought to you by loot crate loot crate is more than just the best subscription box service for epic geek and game items and pop culture gear it's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate for less than $20 a month, you can get four to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and so much more. From bad guys doing good things for the wrong reason to good guys with questionable tactics, August is the perfect time to explore the anti-hero. 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 Walk the hero's villain line with this 100% exclusive collection of items from DC Comics, Archer, Dark Horse, and Kill Bill that include two great collectibles, a wearable, and of course, our monthly tee. And don't forget the loot pin too. So go to lootcrate.com slash combat and enter code combat, C-O-M-B-A-T, to save $3 on your new subscription today. You have up until the 19th of August at 9 p.m. Pacific time to subscribe and receive that month's crate and when the cutoff happens, that's it, Joe. It's a wrap. Remember, enter code COMBAT when you check out from LootCrate.com to save $3 on your new Loot Crate subscription, man. Yo, listen, man. If you're going to geek, geek like a G. And now back to the show. How did that collaboration happen with you and Jay? Jay-Z. Oh, that was uh, through... It was really... That was a Change Clothes remix, you know what I'm saying? That song, yeah, Change Clothes. Right. That was Change Clothes remix. And Pharrell would just be going through records in the studio, and I heard that motherfucker. I'm like, oh, shit, what's, up? <laughs> what's that? Let me get that, man. And he like, yeah. Now he say, well, Jay ain't using it. I was like, well, shit, let me get that motherfucker, you know? So I did, we did the I Ain't Heard of That on it. And, um, you know, that's how I ended up getting that or whatever. That was through him. Yeah, and then they leaked through the bootlegs. Right, so that's of how course. I got out, you of know. course, of course, crazy. Yeah, of course. So I like I like what you're saying on 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 American King, man. I've been listening to a couple of records, like the King yeah. song, man. Right. Um, who produced that track first and foremost? That's Mr. Lee. That's the guy who uh, did Boss of Our Bosses. Like he like my Dr. Dre. You know what I'm saying? He like. You know, everybody loved to hear me with Mr. Lee. He did Three Kings back in the day. So I just want to keep it, you know, for the most part, everybody loved us together, you know what I'm saying, in Texas. So I try to stick to that formula, right. you know, and he did a couple records on here, maybe four or five of them. 
But but yeah, even the message six. on that record, man, you're talking about no more living like a slave in a cell. Right. I mean, you're talking about royalty. And I mean, you've, you've had, you know, it's been thematic throughout your career about, you know, right. being a boss, being a king. But this yeah. time, man, it, it seems like there's a little bit more like yeah. consciousness going on, man. Definitely. That's what I was aiming for on American King itself. Like it's a four part uh series hog life is a four point album series and on the first one it's, it's it's dvds attached to each one right and um and each one will kind of break down like if all the shit we talking about like the cars y'all talking about when i was young we have actual video footage of me you know on the spree wells buying my first bentley and before the deal and all this shit you know it's all through the dvds it's it's a four-part um series and it breaks down me and the swisher house days so you know all the questions you ask it right now we kind of you know on the dvd you can see it you know actual footage and um that's what i wanted to do like i'm a, i'm in the game since 98 right a lot of these kids don't know a lot of the history of me you know so i i wanted to break it down to them and let them have something where they can kind of you know look at and see exactly how i came in the game and you know how i've been doing this shit independent for years and, and maintaining myself in the game independent so um the first album i did was a cut a picture of me um, when I caught my first case, I was 15 years old. You know what I'm saying? And then the next one is... is uh, Hold on, what was the case? It was auto theft. <laughs> was, was you like, was a car thief, man? Yeah, man. Like Doug was, was a car thief. I was out there, man. I was young. I was 15 years right. old, man. I had a car I was trying to put together, a couple of them. And, you know, you I needed was, some pieces? I'm trying south. to get it, man. Yeah. No, nah, I didn't get it from the south. It was <laughs> like, side. it was from the north. You know, like I said, you know, right down the street, you know, dumb shit. You the know, neighbor, the shit, Mr. Johnson. Hey, yeah, Mr. Johnson. man. Fucking trying to get it, man. But So you so you beat that case, right? Yeah. Well, no, nah, I ain't beat that case. I ended up doing probation for okay. it. You know what I'm right. saying? But uh, you know, through that, uh, I, I, I mean, after that, we got still surviving CD uh, attached to it. That was like more of a freestyle CD, right? Because that's like you know the culture we was in. You know, I'm just kind of breaking down through music and through the DVD the different styles. You know, of how I came in the game. The third CD was more of up to date of what I be doing. Some gap, you know, some more turn up type of music kind of. And the fourth one, I just wanted to be real. I wanted to do a whole album on real shit and where I'm at right now, how I feel. And that's how I feel like American King, you know, um, and just like royalty in America, you know what I'm saying? So on this album, I wanted to be more real and just keep it 1000 with the people. Like I, through the years, I didn't count cases like in 2010, got an aggravated robbery case just for being in the wrong place, right. you know, and, and motherfuckers knowing I haven't having the money, you know, I ended up getting caught up in that shit and, you know, I just seen a, a few of my partners go to the feds and, you know, lost a lot of partners over dumb shit for the most part. Or if you was a hustler, you know, you doing I got partners doing 10 years and shit. And I kind of look at it backwards like I tell people like, um, how much can I pay you to do 10 years in jail? You right. know what I'm saying? Like you can't pay me nothing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So regardless of how how they was living, you know, and balling and doing it, it, at the end of the day, it wasn't worth it. Right. So. I don't want to lie to the uh, fans and be, hey, man, you know, we trapping and doing all this shit here when really that's dumb shit at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? When you could be gone from your family, it ain't really worth it, you know, at the end of the day. And plus, you ain't just battling police these days. Niggas is police these days. You know, they so many motherfuckers telling and without consequences. Especially like with the internet. Right, it's you, crazy. You don't even have to go to the police anymore. <laughs> you you just be like, hey. To. It's just a lot of, you know, a lot of crash dummy shit out, man. And I and through American King, I just wanted to be perfectly honest with the people, 
and, you know, tell them to get off the dumb shit, you know what I'm saying, and motivate the youngsters or whoever it is listening, you know, to level up, man up, boss up, you know, be an entrepreneur, be king a king, yes. you know what I'm saying, in, in America, be a king. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's just motivational music, you know, and, and just shit to, you know, and that's personal too. I got a song on there about my sons, you know, talking to them about, you know, how I know shit ain't, you know, I'm just like, I got three boys, you know, and I ain't never had no dad, you know, so I don't really have the guide to right. do this and do that. There. I'm just kind of hands on figuring it out, you know what I'm saying? So talking to my kids on one, I lost my brother early this year, you know. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, we got a song about that, you know, and just different shit, real shit, personal shit. I really don't do a lot of that. I usually talk about what I got. I usually be rapping about, you know, my cars and, you know, shit I'm doing because more than being a MC with bars, you know, uh, in Texas are to me being real and rapping about what you're doing is, it makes you the, the, the best motherfucking rapper, you right. know what I'm saying? To me. So, um, I just wanted to step outside of my comfort zone and do some real shit, you know, and that's what it is, man. An American King. Yo, this track IDKY. Yeah. You really talk about, you really forward about speaking about police brutality. Right. And even in the record, you're talking about, you want to sit back and stay silent on the subject, but you just can't anymore. Exactly. And, and I feel kind of Miss Cleo-ish, you know, because <laughs> I did that record in December. Okay. I did that record in December. And, and like, because I was supposed to drop all four of them last year, but right. my label was like, you know, my distributors was like, hey, man, you're kind of cutting yourself short when you ain't giving us enough time to work them, you know, so you ain't making as much money as you can be. So just kind of chill on this last one. Take a little time. You know, and give it some time, you know. Make so, it right. Yeah, so they can make more out of it. So I was like, cool, you know what I'm saying? But I was feeling like after months passed, I was like, damn, this subject might not even be necessary. Huh. But then look, huh. back though, <laughs> shit just all of a sudden just catch back on fires everywhere. And it's like the main topic everywhere. And it was just like, you know, I called that shit and, and, and I'm so happy I did that song and, you know, was able to uh, speak on that. And not only that, I met with the mayor weeks ago about yeah, that Yeah, I saw, shit. I saw yeah. that on your Instagram, man. Right. You're really active. We active with it, man. Me and all the rappers in Houston, well, a few rappers in Houston, met with the mayor to be proactive. Like, it hasn't been a lot of police killings in Houston. You know, right. it was like one, and he assured us that the dude did have a weapon and he was in the wrong or whatever. But uh, we just wanted to be proactive and say, how can we stop this from coming to our city, you know, and having to deal with this shit. So we kind of, like, went, went in there met with him threw out ideas that we thought that might help, you know what I'm saying? Not only with that, but with also with black-on-black -black crime, because that's something we deal with a lot of, you know, black-on-black -black killings. So, you and know, I'm they, glad you brought that up, man, because most people, when we talk about police brutality, they, they throw the black-on-black black, black -black crime in our face like, we don't care about that. Right. When we're like, who the fuck told y'all we don't care about that? Y'all yeah. we, we, don't know what we talk about. Exactly. We definitely, we definitely touched on both sides right. of that, and, you know, and we let them know, hey, man, a lot of these kids just feel hopeless, man. A lot of these kids feel like ain't no opportunity out here, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, being in the environment of the hood, you, you're destined to catch some type of case along the way. You it's know, waiting for you. Up. It's, it's just, waiting for you. You know, even on accident, like I say, wrong place, wrong time, or have you an F on your report card, and, and that'll stop you from being able to be all you That'll can be. That'll send you spiraling, you know man. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we talked about, man, maybe y'all should, you know, do more instead of just having it. Y'all should probably... 
put trade schools in the hood for oh. motherfuckers who don't want to go to college, who ain't looking forward to going to college, who can just get directly into, you know, uh, some type of uh, good job that's going to be able to feed their family. And um, or maybe uh, I said maybe uh, do a program where they can do it if they pass this program. Um, the city will give them some sort of grant, you know what I'm saying, to be their own. Um, boss, teach them, right. first teach them how to be a boss and then give them a grant, you know, to start their own business. So we'll have more of that going on, you know, different shit like that, you know, to try to fix the community, you know what I'm saying? I thank the mayor for even sitting down with us and, and caring, you know what I'm saying? And wanting to be proactive about this type of shit. And we just got a text that we got another meeting next week about it. So we going to follow up on it. And keep trying to figure out these different ways, you know what I'm saying, to help it. Yo, what is it about Houston that from the outside looking in, it seems like on both sides, on, on particularly from the rap community and then from po the political community, that y'all have a relationship. I mean, like Bun yeah. has a day out there. Like, well, you know, right. you know, trade, you know what I'm saying? I got saying? my own day out there. Also. I mean, and then y'all, like, y'all are actually having a back and forth. Yeah. And, and, and it seems like things are happening out there. Like, like right. what is it about Houston that makes that a unique city that you don't see most other places? Like, imagine rappers really wanting to sit with the mayor in New York. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, these, uh, these nuts, nigga. They doing, <laughs> they doing things, though. Everybody's name is doing things in right. the community. You know, Trey got his Trey Day. Yes. Where he bring out a lot of kids and do a lot for the kids. Bun B is very active. You know, and on the political side or whatever it may be in, in the community side. And, you know, me too. You know, I've been doing stuff on the hood level. And they finally, they, they seen that and they recognized me. And, and I wasn't surprised, you know, through the radio station 97.9, they kind of let them know about it. And through that, you know, I sat down with them and um, I was like, man, what else can we be doing? Because at first we was doing that hood. We was just me and my homeboys, you know, was putting our money together out of our pocket just like Let's go buy turkeys and for the hood and cook for the hood this for Thanksgiving. You know, let's give out a thousand pair of shoes for Christmas. Let's just, you know, we was doing shit like that, you know, in the hood, just off our own dollars right. for the most part. And then we sat with a councilman, the councilman who gave us our own day, like, hey, what else could we be doing? And, you know, he gave us, hey, man, we got these Laura lots out here that we'll give to you if y'all willing to build on them. So now we got Boss Life Construction where we're building affordable homes in the hood. Oh, that's crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? That's we're doing crazy. shit like that. Just trying to, you know, do whatever we can do to, uh, you know, do some positive shit, man. You know, at the end of the day, show people that just because we made it out the hood, we ain't forgot about y'all. And, you know, we want to, um, you know, help y'all situation get better and help y'all become y'all opportunities increase. And, you know, everybody can, everybody can win. You when is your day, man? My day? Yeah. It's uh, February 25th. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, and we do a lot of shit. You know, we got like a boss life ball where the mayor come out. You know, we give out awards and shit. Everybody gets suited up. Super nice event. We do that uh, every year. You know, we do a lot of shit. Yeah, man, I, I want to come down there when you're got to, Now, man. for real, you man, can, okay, can we get an official invitation, you definitely man? can, Yo, man. King, man, let's go to Houston, man. No, for can. real, I'm, I'm dead ass, But whenever y'all, it don't even have to be no special nah. day or no shit. Just whenever y'all come to Houston, man, just come fuck with us, and, and it's going to be, y'all going to have a great time. No you know? doubt, man. For sure, an for sure. Another thing, man, that, that, that really impressed me about you, man, is you hear a lot of talk right now. We realize that no matter how much we protest, no matter how much we talk about boycotting and this and that, Shit is really moving really slow. 
So now you're hearing talk about investing in, 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 in black businesses, buying black, right. and, and, you know, investing in black banks. And, and you recently, you just put some of your money right. in a we black did bank, that. right? After we left the mayor's office, right. uh, me and uh, the other rappers, most of us went to the Unity Bank. That's the only black-owned bank in the city. The uh, meeting was put together by Derek Muhammad you okay. know, with the mayor. Right. And he also was, he, he asked us, he said, hey, man, I want y'all to come and also do the, uh, you know, come and show these people that we will, you know, come to, you know, invest in these black banks and move our money if that's what we got to do to get the respect we need. You know what I'm saying? So we definitely, you know, follow follow uh, suit on that and did that. And and I plan on having meetings with Unity Bank and telling them, hey, man, by us doing this type of stuff and, you know, bringing the money back to the black bank, well, you should, you know, invest in a black community. And with these houses, we trying to, you know, build get these uh, black people more opportunities to get loans, you know what I'm saying, so mm-hmm. they can be in these affordable homes right. building and stuff like that, you know. So it's, it's our, you know, it should, it's just, you know, back to handshaking and, you know, win-wins for everybody, man. You know, we just trying to make everything make sense, basically. Yo, man, you know what I like, man? You're, you're very honest. A lot of times for the for the for the best. Sometimes not for the best, but you're very honest on social media, man. Yeah, did you still did you still you get it now, man? Because yeah. one of the things that stuck out when I was doing research today, I was like, hold up, hold up. Dog is the cat that planked. He had the perfect plank. You had the perfect <laughs> when planking was hot. You got, how oh, do you shit. fucking plank on a rock, my dude? Oh shit, that was at uh that was in L.A., man. Yo, was that easy? Like, you, is your core like your core abs that that were they that that? Nah, solid? I wasn't even that. I wasn't even in shape like I am now. Back <laughs> here, on a cool. I was just at uh, what's that uh, the Canyon, Laurel Canyon, right. out there in L.A. And I was with uh Latoya looking at the time. <laughs> I think yeah, we went out there. We was just acting a fool. Was, was you high, man? <laughs> Probably if in L.A., most likely ninety nine point nine percent. I was high. Yo, you got one of the top. 10 planks in the history of planking man <laughs> that's but then crazy. you know like you you say something i remember you said something a couple of years ago and we had we just like i said we had uh earlier today we had dr mark, mark lamont hill right right who, yeah. who gave you a lot of respect but he was like yeah. y'all got into it a little we bit did, we back did. in the day man what happened man Man, you know what happened? I well, I think what happened was the uh, I was I was doing an interview with Vibe or some right. shit, right? So my brother like white chicks, you know what I'm saying? And he he always on it. He be like, man, you tripping? You be dealing with them black girl? You got to deal with all that shit there and that. There. I was telling Vibe the story of how he was saying that. Oh, so it wasn't even you. It wasn't even me. I never in my life been in a relationship with a white woman in my life. Right. Period. You know, I just for the first time dated out my race and been had a, a Spanish girlfriend ever. It's the first time I ever. Yeah, the first time I ever dated out my how, race. How, how, how you like the Spanish girls? Well, yeah, they cool, but listen. they crazy. Yeah. Shit, my bad. <laughs> listen. Yeah. Listen. yeah, but you know, uh, like you know, they they you know, I don't know if they was trying to get a you know uh, story, make a story out of it. So they kind of like made it like I was trying to shit on black women Damn. and you know whatever it was. I don't even remember exactly what they said, but at the end of the day. It looked it bad, you know. And yeah, I was reading shit. the quote today, and it was yeah. saying like, "Yo, when you a black dude and you dealing with these black chicks, that right, yeah, but right. the black, the white girls treat out. you yeah, better." Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and I didn't even know that wasn't you. That's fucked that's up. That's fucked up. So, exactly. That's like, so and this is the reason why I don't. Who's the, who's the writer? I don't even know the. Like, it was some nobody man, right. but just trying to get a name for us. They got a name. Man. They you got know, a name. Yeah, they did because this shit went everywhere, yeah. and the motherfucking whole they just went crazy on me. <laughs> they just like you coon ass. Nigga, like, oh, and I'm like, and I'm myself like, uh, my character is man. If you know me, 
you know, I never in my life dated a white woman in my life. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but, but most people don't know you. They don't know me. Right. right. So I'm like, man, fuck y'all. You know, instead of saying, nah, that wasn't me. I was like, man, fuck y'all. Y'all <laughs> don't know me. What the fuck y'all talking about? I was just rebelling. You know what I'm saying? So I took a lot of flack for that. And to this day, motherfuckers probably still believe that shit. But that's why I don't really fuck with media a lot, right. man. You know, I feel like it's always some type of trap they be trying to set right. you up in. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, that shit just went crazy. We had a long ass debate, me and uh, old boy, you know what I'm saying? Talib jumped in. And- yeah, Talib, everybody jumped in. It was just real crazy, man. It was real big on, on social media. Now, I do say some crazy shit, you know, on social media and, and, and you know, maybe regret it later, but that was one of those that but I isn't actually. But isn't that what say. social media is for, though? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I just, I'm just so honest and open and I randomly just say shit. I just, like, keep it real. If I, you know, like, uh, <laughs> it was some Troy Ave shit happened recently. Yes, you with, know, with, 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 um, yeah. with, um, uh, uh, uh what's the name? Uh, the, the yeah. shooting shit. So Irving I'm just, Plaza. I'm just randomly looking and I see him, you know, I'm like, what the fuck? Running you know, with the like, hammer shooting. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? This ain't belly. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just really like just reacting. But at the end of the day, I don't look at myself as no celebrity. Right. You feel me? Like right. I'm looking at myself as I'm just a regular person. That's just how I move. I, I'm, isn't that, I isn't never that frustrating had, that, that as much as you've done, you yeah. probably live a very private life. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not private. I ain't going to say I'm right. private because I don't give a fuck. Like, I, ain't, right. I don't care about being private. It's just that I'm so regular that I don't be on the – I don't never walk around with no bodyguards. Like, I'm in the club by the bar. I don't give a fuck. I don't pop bottles. I'm cheap. I'm like, fuck all that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now like, you smart. Yeah, I ain't on none of that fucking out money shit or none of that, you know, extra shit. And I don't do shit for uh, the, the, the blogs to pick up. You know, I don't be aiming for that. They never fuck with me. So I never expect to be on the, on those blogs i jumped out there i said some random wild shit you know what i'm saying like how i felt at the time and, and i regretted that you know because after i sat back and i say man you know what if that was me you know what i'm saying and i was in that situation and some nigga from new york would be saying that to me i would be fucked up about it you know that'd be, that'd be fucked up so you know i took that shit down and you know i really regret saying that shit but you, you know owned up saying? to it like you I did i, I, I yeah. like the way you responded I talked to, that. to some of his people too and i was like man you know my bad you know at the end of the day that was wrong you know and i'm gonna be a man when I when I make mistakes, so but at the end of the day, man, I just I never was hating on them or saying no shit like that. I, I you know I heard Troy have songs through M, you know BT jams or MTV jams whatever it may be called, and I fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? I like this shit, so I just hated to see a black man, you know, go to jail and on some shit like that. On the you know camera, what I'm saying? on camera, like and I can see I what you're saying because when that. you look on the camera, yeah, the first thing you're thinking about is what how brothers was acting out in, in belly. Right? It's like wow, you know, and, and but. At the end of the day, you know, it was a sense of the state lost people. You know what I'm saying? So I, I sat back and I was like, damn, Slim, it is fucked up. You said that. So, you know, I definitely talked to his people and was telling them, hey, man, my bad on that. Right, you know, right, right. through Noriega, he hit me up with some shit and, and we put him, put me on the phone with his people, you know. But uh, it was just a sad situation, man. You know what I'm saying? And I hated that I even got involved with that. I don't like the media shit. You yeah. know, I don't like being in, in no shit like that, especially with nobody else's business. You know, yeah, I feel man. like I could say shit and it, it go under the radar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But. So, so I noticed also, man, you're in the podcast game now. Yeah, like, man. Yeah. You, what, episode nine. <laughs> we jumped out there, man. Like, when, did you, when did you start the podcast game, man? Oh, man. When did we start that podcast? Uh, 
about okay. two months ago. We just, and it ain't on no music podcast shit. It's like that type of shit. Like anybody who knows me, you know, we on some positive, right. you know, motivating some real shit, you know. So it ain't on no music shit for the most part. It's on what's going on in the hood. You know, don't do no dumb shit. You know, get caught up in no bullshit. You know, we had a last podcast, I think, we had a, a, a girl, a dancer come in there and break down how to pimping and hoeing shit go and all that there, you know what I'm saying, and how that shit makes sense to, to them, you know what I'm saying, yes. and shit like that. And we just do, we talk about shit like that, real shit that go on in the streets and in the world. It ain't really so much of, you know, let me get a rapper on here. But at the same time, we do bring rappers in. Man, you and, got you keep it flexible, man. Yeah, we keep, keep it flexible. It, keep we want to we want to make sure that we can give them a um a platform because we kind of feel fucked up because it's like when we come to New York, like when I come to New York, it's like, oh yeah, so what's up with still tipping? Like, like this last shit I did. Damn. You feel me? Like, but really, <laughs> in real life, if you in Texas, you know I'm on the radio all the time since you know way back then. Never left, you know, and doing shows and making money since way back then. And a lot of artists are like that. A lot of artists who y'all might never hear about because we ain't, you know, on major labels it's a, or whatever. It's a different market. We man. don't. It's a different market. You know, just like I couldn't, like. Um, I couldn't, uh, y'all have, have different artists out here. Like if I was to listen to that music, I would be like, you know, I don't know. I probably don't get it. You right. know, uh, I understand it. Like, like who, who is, who is, who is West side gun? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Who? So it's like, so I kind of feel fucked up that we got to come up here for approval. You right. know what I'm saying? I'd be like, damn, we you need still some feel type like, of, but you still feel that? I still that? feel because, like because, that. I, still I, feel I, like I understand that. what you're saying, man, yeah. but the, the, the game has changed so much that, you know, New York. I'm not. I'm not gonna shit on New York, but New York is really still struggling to find its rap identity right now. I know. And when that. you when you go to Houston, when I go to yeah. Houston, I'm just like, and I go to like the the Breakfast Club restaurant, right? And I see like Willie D, and I'm seeing how y'all. It, it, what I appreciate is in Houston, y'all are not saying fuck New York. It's like New York not doesn't exist. Yeah, right, right, you exactly. That, which is what I appreciate more. Exactly, they doing them. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, but at the same time, to get that exposure everywhere, it yes. seems like we got to, like right now to promote my shit, where yes. I got to go out here, you right. know what I'm saying? And then y'all less educated of what we got going on course, because we like, you know, what we doing don't exist to y'all. Right. Same thing. It's the same vice versa. Like Houston, the shit we doing locally don't exist to y'all, you know? So we'll come up here and y'all be talking about shit we did 10 years ago. So it's like, I was like, damn, man, I really wish somebody would step up and give us that type of platform where, you know, we can have motherfuckers who really understand what we're doing and can really give the world, and y'all can go to them and understand us more, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I was, we trying to do something like that, you right. know? We just kind of, I just, man, how you, can we make a podcast? My, my man, DJ, listen, Young Sam, and he listen, put the man, shit together, and we just what, went in the whatever, studio Whatever support y'all need, man, let me yeah, know, man. Like, sure, you know what I'm saying? Love, whatever support y'all need, man, you know, I'm not the expert. Yeah. I've just been doing this for a while. and <laughs> We ain't either. We just jumped out there, man. And we just, me, him, and my homeboy Rico, we just got in there and just said, man, fuck it, let's do it. You love it, though, right? You love I being love on that it. microphone. I love just it. Nothing, I can talk my just shit. Just talking shit, man. Yeah. Just talking. One time with, with the, uh, when I first stopped smoking and drinking, that's when that uh, police shit just went crazy. Right. 
I went too crazy, bro. I had to. We had. We couldn't put it out. <laughs> couldn't put it out. We couldn't put it out. It was it's too. In the archives. It was too regular. It's I told him erase it. I told him erase it. We put the shit on Instagram. Y'all erased it. We did a little quick little. That's rule. You don't. You don't nah, erase it. We had you to. You keep it in it the was, archives. Nah, it was no, too listen. crazy. No, listen. You keep it in the archives. We don't archives. want nobody to hear that one. Yo, 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 no, <laughs> you you keep it in the archives. Yeah. Fifty years later, <laughs> you put that shit out. You know nah, what it was it was too crazy. Well, we got a couple we was can. heated we, was, we got I, a couple that we can't put out yeah but, but, we, but we we know where they are right <laughs> i Yo. was heated i was like nah man it was just we was just i'm fired up for no reason man it was, i had to say and i was like man fuck it put that shit out you know like fuck it and it, it, motherfuckers got to call me no slim don't do it <laughs> i opened a little uh, clip that was on instagram it was like no, really don't do it. it's gone huh? it's gone yeah, we erased that motherfucker. Well, maybe he got it here somewhere. You're saying, but you it got definitely... it, man. Sam, you got, you got... That's yeah, can, I, can I get a we snippet? Definitely, we can definitely can not put out that a out. Screw nah. <laughs> Yo, out. Um, get rid of that shit. Um, um, the braids, man. Yeah, gone. Why? Because it had to. What happened, <laughs> man? Look at my hair. Okay. But now, nah, really, was that was like back in 08. Back yeah. in 08, you know, I had braids, and, and, like, I just hate being controlled, right? My braid lady was just bullshit, and I'm looking <laughs> ugly as fuck with these. My fro out. I can't find her. I say, man, you know what? I went to the barber, man. I'm tired of fucking with this shit, man. Cut this shit off my head, man. He was like, you lying, bro. If you serious, just start cutting. He gave me the scissors. I just started chopping that shit. <laughs> he cut it off, man. That's one of the best things. Things I did too, man. Feels just, great, right? Just to hop in the shower and not have to wear that fucking do rag, man. Fuck that <laughs> shit, man. You know what I'm saying? That shit was just bullshit, man. Ah, that, yo, man. so is that your advice for cats out here? Cut Still, that shit cut out, man. Yo, King, that gotta go in the description for this episode, <laughs> man. You write into the description. Yeah. Yo, um, last question, man. Um, top five Southern rappers. Top five Southern your, rappers. Your top five. Your uh, personal, it don't have to be the best. It's not in any order, but your personal top, top five. five. Uh, Pimp C, Bun B for sure, Scarface yes. for sure. Yes. Um, who else in the South? Um, you can say that's two because I mean it's it's, yeah. it's it's a group. UGK right? and um and Scarface. Right. Who else? Uh, Zero, one of mm. my favorite rappers mm. out of the uh, South. Um, damn. Who else? I would say. That's um, that's three. That's three. Who else? I would give somebody in Atlanta. Let me see. Out of everybody in Atlanta, I would say Ti. Mm. Ti did this thing. I would give Ti. Lil Make, Wayne. Lil Wayne, a okay. bad motherfucker. Yeah. That's five. Yeah, that's five. That's five right man, that's there. a good list, man. Yeah, that's a good list, man. Yeah, American serious. King. American King in man. stores right now. Now is this Friday? No, 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 no. When this comes oh, out, we out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in stores. Y'all are out, man. Yo, man, this has been great, man. And we smoking, right. and we back Yo, out. You back, fast. back on the smoke, back on the show, up, man. Everything. Yo, man, it's been a great one, man. I appreciate it, man. I'm sorry it took so long, man. Nah, man, I'm sorry too, man, because I think yeah. on our side we had to cancel a couple of things too, yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm glad it came. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't like. I personally, I know you did like a gazillion interviews yeah. today. I know you did like other podcasts on the whole nine. I don't like. Yeah. Doing promo runs, Me with artists. but this wasn't a promo run interview. <laughs> it man. wasn't. I rarely come out here, man, because I don't like doing it. That I don't even like doing, you know, the interview shit so right. much. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I say, after that, you know, shit, my shit get twisted up a little bit. I'll be scared of that shit. Now we don't man. edit here. I mean, yeah. this shit is yeah. So I like straight. to, I like to just, I like to just do me in Texas, man. And it's been working so long that I don't want to fuck it up. 
But uh, yeah, man, I definitely am a fan of your, what you've been doing. Thank I know you, you've been one of the, the OGs of this shit, you know. So we definitely look up to your shit. So I definitely wanted to come over here when appreciate it, man. Name. Appreciate yeah. it, man. Anytime too, man. Even if yes, you don't sir. got shit to say, man. Yeah. The few times that you come to New York, if you want to come, if I got a show, you could be my guest host, man. That's like I'm, I'm offering that. I'm, I'm offering <laughs> this is that, official. And like, anytime you come to Texas, man. I'm anytime coming, you come to Houston, to bro, we'll we'll. It don't take much. We can just make a phone call and have some shit at the highs. It'll be lit. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? So any given moment, just Thank let me you. know, bro. Internet slim thug, man. That is American King in stores right now. Get it. Download it, man. Yeah. It's it's good. From what I hear, it's good, man. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. Real shit. Yes, sir. Motivational King. music. There you go, King. Yo, man, I just want to, what's that shit, the swingers? The swingers, yeah. yeah so we need to go out there, you know. <laughs> Riding the swag. We yeah, got man, some, man. Shit. We going to pull out the slabs for y'all, man. Come on with it. Yo, let's go, man. Internets, Internets man. I love yeah. this, man. Yo, let us know how you like this episode, too. Hit us up on that hotline, 347-746-2080. There you go, Internets. You know what this is, man. Dream those dreams and then man up, woman up, and live those dreams. Because a life without dreams is black and white. And the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. And we still tipping, bitches. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was real, man. Appreciate yeah. that, bro. Pleasure, man. Thanks a lot Thank for you. having me, man. Thanks again to this week's sponsor, Loot Crate, for supporting the Combat Jack Show. From bad guys doing good things for the wrong reason to good guys with questionable tactics, August is the perfect time to explore the anti-hero. Whoa, 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 whoa. Walk the hero-villain line with this 100% exclusive collection of items from DC Comics, Archer, Dark Horse, and Kill Bill that include two great collectibles, a wearable, and of course, our monthly tee. And don't forget the loot pin, too. You have only until the 19th of August at 9 p.m. Pacific time to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it, B. It's a wrap. So go to LootCrate.com slash combat and enter promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, to save $3 on your new subscription today. If you geek, geek like a G. Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production. Yo, what's up, Combat? This is Pashawn Jones here in Atlanta, Georgia, man. My 2016 summer is off the chain. Hey, man, I am blind, loving the podcast. Yep, I'm blind, can't see. That's my iPad talking in the background to me. But, yo, I fucks with you. I fucks with the show. Health is looking good, boy. My diabetic A1Cs is off the chain. And um, other than that, man, y'all keep doing what y'all do it's better than excellent it's changed the world it's created some awesome podcasts it's changed the world together